0: Blog Talk Radio. Pugilistic linguistics. Check linguistics. 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 Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Pugilistic Linguistics Show. I am your host, Michael Foster, the voice of reason in an unreasonable world. And tonight, we're going to do my normal Sunday, but I got a two-for-one for y'all tonight. Uh, two topics for the price of one, and I might slide some other stuff in there and uh, hope I can all make it, make it make sense. Before we get in deep, uh, I'd like to hear a shout-out to my man, Cam, for the uh, theme song, uh, I am going to incorporate that into every show from here on out, uh, where I got the thoughts for the theme song or the thought for the theme of pugilistic linguistics, and he hooked that loop up for me. So, uh, shout out to my man, Cam. So, two for one tonight. As we all know and have been feeling this for the last few weeks, election day is impending. I use the word impending on purpose because of this overriding sense of doom on Tuesday, November 8th. Now, again, I've spoken at nauseum about how I feel about things and you can probably infer by what I've said about who I am voting for, um, but I will speak to a few other things today based on uh, some new information that has come to light within the last few hours. My feelings about Donald J. Trump are well documented. Um Beside the fact that he is as crooked as his opponent, he is ill prepared to handle the position. Forget about, you know, him being Republican or leaning right of center, I lean left of center. Forget about all that. There have been GOP candidates since forever, and I didn't agree with many of them, just from a policy, uh, a stylistic standpoint. But I didn't question whether they had the requisite mens rea to handle the presidency. I didn't like Mitt Romney because I thought he was out of touch with the common man, but not once did I think he couldn't do it. I didn't like John McCain because he had some really outdated views, outdated thoughts about 21st century America, but I did not once think he couldn't handle it. Donald Trump cannot handle the presidency. He just doesn't have the requisite physical or emotional makeup to handle the responsibilities of that position. I don't care what you Trump supporters say, the man is ill-equipped to handle Vladimir Putin. Can you say the man's name right? Vladimir Putin, to handle him. If anything else, he is prepared to be his lapdog. He can't handle Kim Jong-un in North Korea. You can't out-crazy some people, and Donald Trump, in his incessant need to win every deal, is going to try to out-crazy the wrong one. That's, well, you know, the thing about it, you support him or not, I don't really care if you support him or not, but you cannot, in clear conscience, say that Donald Trump is prepared or equipped to be president. As a matter of fact, and this is what I've seen, and I've done some some downloads, some on-the-low type research without folk knowing it. You can't even support Donald Trump without Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama or Bill Clinton coming out of your mouth. I've asked many people, why do you like this Trump dude? And the first word out of their mouth or the first sentence out of their mouth has something to do with Hillary, Bill, or Barack. Which is not the question I asked you. The question I asked you was, what about this dude makes him right for the country? He'll bring jobs to the country. Hell, he can't even bring jobs with his own company. He sends his own company's jobs overseas. Next, he can fix tax code. Hell, he is uh, prepared to handle the tax code because he's been cheating it for years. But why would he close the loopholes that he's effectively using himself? Think about it. Why would you, as a person who's exploiting a loophole, get in office or get anywhere and close the loophole that's benefiting you? Why would you do that personally? What else? He's going to make America great again. Exactly when did America stop being great? America has its numerous flaws. Don't get me wrong. I am not all uh, apple pie and iced tea. I only know those two things together, but I'm not all apple pie and ice cream. That's better. But he can't make America great by being Donald Trump. He would have to be someone else to make America great. And and and, and when, when when what time in history are we speaking of? Fifties, you know, the sixties, when they were opening up fire hoses on my ancestors. 40s and 30s and the Great Depression and World War II, when exactly is the time he's trying to take us back to? Just curious. But beyond him, he is just the manifestation of the real issue in this country. The real issue in this country are the people who support Donald Trump. And I'm not speaking about let me qualify this by saying, if you support the man on um, economic or uh, you know any other type of reason, uh, you know that's your business. I can rock with you on it. But I'm speaking of the Trump supporters who have latched on to his xenophobic, bigoted rhetoric. And I'll submit to you that 75 to 80% of his supporters have latched on to his misogynistic, anti Muslim, anti minority rhetoric that he doesn't even download do no more. He does it out in the open. He is the manifestation of a brewing undercurrent in this country. Not create the racial of divide in this country. Do not fall for that rhetoric. He did not create the hating of black people. He revealed it. It's that's do not do not fall for the okie doke. He did not create the racial divide in this country. He revealed it by his very presence. What happened is because he was he, he revealed that, that that venom that had been brewing under the surface for so long, they have taken that venom and dumped it completely into Donald Trump, who has taken that and run with it. That is his platform. There are instances, there are warnings, whatever the word you want to use, of intimidation at the polls on Tuesday. It has already begun. I believe it was in Virginia over the weekend. A man is standing outside of a polling place, and he I'm not sure if he had a Trump sign or a T-shirt. Uh, he had something that denoted him as, as a part of the Republican process in that state. And he had a 357 on his hip. And he was aggressively questioning people as they walked into the polling place. Now, he may not have intended to use the weapon that was on his hip. But let's think about this from the opposite direction. I am a person walking into a polling place. I know who I'm voting for. I know who I'm not voting for. I see a guy standing out front of the polling place speaking about the Republican Party and Donald Trump in particular, by name, aggressively questioning me with a three hundred fifty seven on his hip. What do you think I'm going to think? It's legal to do it, I guess, in that, co- in a, in that uh, county, in that state. But what is the the nonverbal imaging of that? So Trump has tapped into a, a, a simmering undercurrent in this country. This is why, and I'm going to tip my second point, this is why we need to vote. And when I say we, I mean black folk. White folk that are listening out here, hey, I'm not actively uh, 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 discouraging you. I'm not actively ignoring you right now, but right now I got to talk to my people. Our ancestors shed blood for the right to cast a vote. There's a significant portion of my community that is so awakened to their blackness to where they have actively disengaged from the process as sort of a protest to a myriad of things uh, electoral. Now, on one level, I can respect them for, for standing on principle. You believe that our vote doesn't count, and it very well may not. You believe that this is all predetermined. Hey, that's your belief. But what I will not allow you to do, I will not allow you to make me feel like I'm somehow a sellout. Because I choose to use the vote that my grandfather could have laid his life down for. It doesn't make me any less woke. I hate that word, but it doesn't make me any less woke because I choose to engage in the process. I know the process is broken. I know there are things that need to be fixed. I know this. I am not naive enough to say everything is all good and gravy. But I also am from the school of, if I don't participate in the process, I can't say shit about anything that goes on. If I actively disengage from the process, I cannot complain. That's my school of thought. I hate to the, – the word I would, that was used to, to describe me in this instance was gullible and – Trying to think of another word that was used specifically. Uh, the gist of it was gullible. I can't believe that you would do this, and you believe in this process and this, that, and third. Look here, y'all. You do whatever you feel you need to do to go to sleep every evening. What I can't stand is the notion that you are somehow more superior intellectually than me because you choose to disengage. Now, I am not saying you're wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, if you have all this information and you get it all figured out, then how about you share this knowledge with everybody as opposed to browbeating us because we still, quote, unquote, believe. Malcolm X had a saying, and I want to make sure I get this correct. Don't be in a hurry to to condemn because he doesn't do what you do or think as you think or as fast. There was a time when you didn't know what you know today. That's from Malcolm X. Basically meaning, if you get it all figured out, then your job is to bring somebody else to your consciousness. And you don't bring people to your consciousness by telling them how stupid they are. I'm a grown ass man. I have done things. I have learned things. I read. I listen. I talk to the old heads. I think I have a bit of wisdom. I don't know it all. But you will not convert me by telling me how I feel is stupid. You convert me by laying the facts in front of me and say, hey, grab my hand, follow me, and I'll lead you to what I'm talking about. So because you're so hyper-aware and so hyper this and that, and I'm probably less so in your mind, that's when you become that leader that you claim that you want to be, and you lead folks to a new understanding. So I'm going to cast my vote on Tuesday morning. I'm going to focus on the down-ballot stuff. That's where you make your change. I'm not saying anything bad about anybody that wants to write in a candidate or a third-party candidate. Hey, that is your right as an American citizen. But there have been too many people that have shed blood to sit there and turn our noses up and say, I don't want to do this because I don't like the way the process is. Then it's time for you to get up off your ass. And affect the change that you sit up on your high horse and try to lord on everybody else. Affect the change that you want everybody else to be. If you got it all figured out, then go ahead and help somebody else get it figured out. And eventually, through the ground up, we'll make this change. this election has revealed a certain thing. This election has revealed that there is no unity in this community. There is no commune in this community. The word community is made up of two words, commune and unity, of which we have neither. On November 9th, Everything is going to be revealed. I am not worried about this revolution everybody keeps talking about in this bloodless whatever because real revolution is silent and them folk are making too much noise. So I ain't worried about that too tough. Yes, there's always the possibility, but I ain't worried. I lose no sleep over that. I'm not worried about that. Radical Americans do worry me, but I ain't worried about that. They're a bunch of talk. I firmly believe on November 9th, they're going to go back into the hole they came from until 2019, then they pop back up again if they find a candidate that taps into their sentiment again. But somehow or another, us reasonable folk on both sides of the coin need to find some way to develop some unity in this community. We need to commune now. We have to take our fingers out of our ears and stop being babies and say my candidate didn't win, so I'm not going to vote for anybody. That's foolish. Grow up. The guy didn't win. The game is is uh, uh, when, when Bernie lost to Hillary. The the game is 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 corrupt. The the process is is fixed. Well, you know, Bernie knew the process when he walked into it. If he knew it was fixed, walking into it, he can't complain about it when it bites him in the ass. Because you knew that going in. So we need to get together. We need to commune on November 9th. We need to put all this bull aside and get back to community or begin to rebuild community. And the people that don't want a part of it, they stay on the outside, let the lions get up, push them to the edge of the herd. There was a communal moment that happened this past week. As trivial as it sounds in comparison to what I just said, there was a communal moment That happened the past week. And if you were paying attention, you would have seen it. And it's going to sound really trivial when I bring it up, but the Chicago Cubs won the World Series this past Wednesday. For the first time in 108 years. They are the world champions. But beyond that, even though I'm ecstatic about it being a lifelong Cub fan, this is something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. But that's another conversation for another story. In relation to what I'm talking about, you, if you don't, if you haven't, if you follow baseball, fine. If you don't follow baseball, also fine. You can look at this. YouTube the reactions. YouTube uh, uh, the parade. YouTube the rally. You Look at the community moment or series of moments when dealing with everything cub related this past week. I know you Sox fans out there, you haters I on I, I ain't care about that. Just, just follow me. By estimate, by many estimates, upwards of five million people attended the parade on Friday and the rally. Five minutes. They, I read somewhere that it was the seventh largest gathering in human history, and the largest in North America. Period. And I think as a part of that stat or whatever, it says seventh largest ever, and the largest not involving the funeral, or a pope. So any gathering not surrounding a funeral, or the visiting of a pope. The Cubs parade was the largest ever. Go back and look at when that thing jumped off Wednesday evening, when they got the lead, how people were interacting with each other and hugging each other, and when they lost the lead, how people were commiserating with each other, and then how the, when they won at the bottom of the tenth, how people were just ecstatic and hugging. The the, the the next they weren't looking at each other like a you're a Trump supporter and you're a Hillary supporter. I'm not going to hug. No, it was community moment. It was a moment that many people didn't think they would be able to see, and as such, they were just happy to celebrate it with someone. At that moment, black didn't matter. At that moment, white didn't matter. Or Muslim didn't matter. Or Mexican didn't matter. At that moment, none of that mattered. It was a community moment. Those were moments that the United States used to have with frequency in the past. We've become so isolated from each other because we think that everybody else thinks so differently than us, or worse yet, we don't concern ourselves with the people who live next to us because we don't share a community with them. That Cup victory was a communal moment. I had Sox fans congratulating me as if I hit like I hit a ball or pitched a ball, but I had Sox fans congratulating me on something. I had, you know, Blue Jays fans congratulating I had th- there was there was general happiness that doesn't happen near as much as it should or used to. I submit to you that the differences between us at that moment were irrelevant. As they are in real life, our differences pale in comparison to our similarities. Now, look, I'm not this kumbaya type dude, everybody hold hands and join and sing the Coca-Cola theme song. No. I fully am aware there's going to be some folks that will not be able to get on with this, and those are the ones we push to the edge of the herd and let the lions get them. But for the rest of the 80% of us, the 85% of us, the 90% of us, the rest of us, we need to start rebuilding our community. That is the only way we progress in this thing. Because when you cut, you bleed. When you don't wash your ass for days, it stinks. That's that is, is, is that's common to everybody. Our differences pale in comparison to our similarities. We get up, we go to work. We pay our bills. We try to put our kids through school. We do whatever. That's a similarity. I would be a failure as a parent if I didn't prepare my daughter to live in this world. And living in this world isn't be afraid of them because they're white. Be afraid of them because they're Muslim. You don't deal with them. You deal with your own. That is a failure as a parent. Dennis Miller said a long time ago, why would I hate people as a group or as a race when I can find so much to hate them for individually? And that is true. I'm not going to teach my child to hate people of other nationalities, other ethnicities, other religions, other whatever. It's her decision whether she want to play with a kid or not. That's her. That's her choice. It's her choice whether she wants to turn. Now, I'm going to be there to guide her. But I'd be remiss as a parent if I raised my child the way some of y'all raise your kids. We need to bring the commune and the unity back into community. Tuesday. Vote. If you choose not to, that is your right. My folks shed too much blood for this. I'm going to vote. You will not make me feel stupid for doing so. The way I've cut white folk off or Trump supporters off for being disrespectful, I will cut you off the same way. I ain't got time for that. It's my choice to do so. It's your choice not to do so. Respect each other's choices. We all good. We need to bring commune and unity back into the community. And if you have any questions whether we can do that, look at the most trivial thing you can possibly find, a baseball championship to show that we can come together if we want to Don't let them fool you Our similarities Dwarf our differences So in closing I'm going to say as I say every week This is the Pugilistic Linguistic Show I am your voice of reason in an unreasonable world And until next time Take care of yourself because you all you got. Peace. linguistics.